This is the Roaring Elephant Podcast, and we're better than ever because our co-host best has been upgraded by 150% because he just put a new CPU in his computer. Well, yeah, <laughs> I think it's it is 60% faster, I believe, something along those lines, depending on what I'm doing. But yeah, so far my uh, the box still on my desk here. Right, AMD Ryzen 7 5700G. Uh, yes, it is the the G model because I needed embedded graphics uh, is performing rather nicely. I'll continue on Wall Street because only 60% growth. Your stock is going to dump, man. <laughs> yeah, it was a, a, a nice upgrade and relatively smooth. Well, I say it was relatively smooth. It actually wasn't that smooth. <laughs> um, but it was, it was made more irritating because got the CPU in, that's all good, powered the machine on, and then realized, ah, yes, this isn't going to work, is it? Because it's going to need a BIOS update. So swapped the old CPU back in, uh, went to go and download the BIOS, actually found, oh, you can upgrade the BIOS so far, but then you need to apply a different firmware update to another part of something on the motherboard. That you need a Windows tool to be able to do. <laughs> uh, you installed Windows. Ooh. No, <laughs> I didn't. But I did go and uh, if you if you if you Google and just look for uh, run Windows from USB stick, uh, you can find a little tutorial that uh, you can follow. Uh, to basically, still, you install Windows on the USB stick. It counts. I did. I did install it on the USB stick. I didn't install it on the main hardware, but I did install it on the USB stick and. That gave me the ability to run this Windows-only firmware update tool. There appears to be no other workaround for that particular yep. thing if you're not running Windows. Uh, but yeah, that, so that got me past that, and then I was able to do the BIOS update just through a USB key having the, the firmware file on it. And I had to do three different steps of firmware updates by off my memory for varying reasons. But I did eventually get the firmware all the way up to date. I think I went from version... Five to version sixty-nine. <laughs> that was an old so, motherboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been it's been kicking around for quite a while, but yeah, can't can't complain after doing all of that. Oh, and then I did think, wow, the machine's really quiet. The fan must like spin right down when it's uh, when it's on low load. This was after me running the machine all day, not doing anything stressful on it, but just just looking at it all day and i had the did you plug it, it in sir i had the i had the you're way ahead of me i had the desktop case balanced on the corner of my desk and just open uh, on the side and because that's that's best where i yeah exactly best airflow and that's where i've done dust. the modification not so great for dust um and i was like oh but i thought well what, what happens if i run some like some cpu kind of benchmarking stuff hmm Fan still not spinning up. It's a little bit odd. Uh, how warm's the heatsink? Well, the heatsink's quite warm now. It's not like really hot. Toasty. But, mm, toasty. I definitely think it should be spinning up. Follow the lead. Oh, yes. Haven't plugged it in. Plug it in. Put the side of the case on. Forget about it for another three plus years. Oh. 
a lot of fun I hear. I mean, it could be worse. I remember doing something similar with uh, BIOS upgrades, but I didn't actually have an old CPU, so I had to actually buy another CPU, the cheapest one I could find <laughs> of the previous generation to be able to do it. It's still in a box here somewhere. If, it's, uh, if anybody needs a, a, I don't know, it was a, also a G version, probably a 2000 series something. But once you, once uh, a new, uh, almost new CPU has run 15 minutes, not more than that, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Only cost me 50 euros, so it's not really that big of an issue. But still, it's two days wait. Yeah, that was that was the thing that was more frustrating because I was thinking I, I had to scramble around for a uh, a USB stick, and I've got a bunch of USB sticks in a little kind of little tray with little slots in it, so you can keep them organised and stuff. And uh, I was like, oh, great, I'm bound to have one in here. I've got loads of USB sticks in there. Yeah, nothing bigger than 32 gig. <laughs> but I've got somewhere, I knew I had a USB stick that was either 120 or 256 gig. Um, and I was hunting around and hunting around. And I like, not, didn't quite tear the office apart, but like went through a lot of fiddling around to try and find the damn thing. I finally did after sort of going down having a coffee scratching my head this was about like i don't know nine o'clock in the evening i thought well there's one other place i could look sure enough that's where it was <laughs> and uh actually let me just lean forward for those of you following on the video you'll see the rather uh, rather svelte here little sandisk extreme pro 3 usb 3 128 gig stick um and what what do you think Jon this USB stick was packed full of um I, I I don't know downloaded movies of certain ill repute I mean I know your preference nope nope Linux boot disks I think there may have been a, yeah there were a couple of Linux ISOs on there but that's not all what was what do you think was consuming the majority of that 128 gigs of space an installation of HDP <laughs> it was indeed a bunch of different versions of the HDP sandbox. Uh, you haven't used see. that stick in a while, then. <laughs> I think it's safe to say I haven't used that in quite some time. So yeah, I didn't miss uh, wiping that at all, putting Windows on it, and uh, that got me out of a jam. Windows <sighs> to the rescue! You all heard it here. Dave endorses Windows to solve all your ails. Have you turned it off and on again? Anyway, that's not the topic of today's podcast. I don't know. This was more fun than what we're going to talk about next, I think. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Shots fired, oh, sorry. <laughs> shots fired, feel the burn. Yeah, so we, or I, I guess, yep. unfortunately, yeah, it is my fault. I, unfortunately, found this particular article um there's a there's a bunch of articles around this uh there's um a number of them out there that have basically just shilled off of the original ibm blog none of them say anything at all interesting about the actual uh subject in mind to be fair and... neither is the blog so it's good reporting i guess <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible reporting i i'm literally I I don't I don't understand like why did people even bother like why did why didn't they just kind of publish an article that said here's IBM's blog read it if you're interested next 
Like that, they that's as much. Um, but that's what makes it so hard to show. find good content for this podcast. I mean, so much of the news out there is just rehashing of something somebody else wrote without having even read it. Yeah, it's so yeah. annoying. But anyway, it's so, the, it's a great new world for the people because IBM people, has written something. Yeah, so they've written something they call the Open Source Cloud Guide. And I will give credit where credit's due. I do think that it's quite a nice looking <laughs> web page. <laughs> yeah, the form is great. <clears throat> I mean it's Layout. it's got it's got blues, it's got blacks, it's got purples. No red though. I mean where did the red hat acquisition go? That's true, there is no red hat. Actually that's but a good maybe... that's a good statement, actually. Um maybe in a second. Okay. So what is IBM's open source cloud guide? I'm glad you asked. So this is supposedly a guide for developers <laughs> who want to develop cloud applications. No, developers in the cloud, not necessarily cloud applications. Well, it says who want to develop cloud applications. Oh, okay. Should, and uh, blah, 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 blah. Anyway. This, I really, uh, this is where it all goes off the rails, basically, the first, the first page. Um, when I, when I read the blurb about this before I'd actually viewed the thing, I thought, oh, that sounds quite interesting. Like something that really guides developers through what is, I think is fair to assume and fair, sorry, fair to say a pretty complex mm -hmm. ecosystem, like cloud on-prem hybrid cloud uh private cloud like all of these things swirling together make for a very very complicated environment to attempt to develop in very right? dynamic Would you agree? changing there's no end in sight yeah definitely having a, a compendium of knowledge that actually can give you some guidelines and coming from ibm when you sent the link to me i thought oh okay this might be good yeah it wasn't. <laughs> um, and we made the mistake of reading it. That's the problem. We, we did. But the, the next the next piece... Um, I just so want to, before we, you go to the next piece here, the yeah. things are highlighted here. I mean, the, the, the goals of this guide are to provide, one, comprehensive learning for hybrid cloud and multi-cloud developers. Comprehensive. Uh, okay, English is not my first language, but I was sure. assuming that meant... Pretty much complete, all-encompassing something that you don't that has everything you kind of need. Mm. That's the idea, right? You you would think that, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And a second yeah. one, a cloud-neutral view of how these clouds are using open source. Um, just keep that one in mind as well. Yeah. All <laughs> right. So the next page is not terribly interesting. It goes through definitions of like what's a hybrid cloud. But actually, What's... it's the most imp impressive page of the whole guide, in my opinion, because at least there's some content. And if you're totally new, this might actually be useful. So, all right, let's 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 address the the before we go any further, and let's address the <laughs> elephant in the room. Who do you before we go through the rest of this? Because we know how this is going to go. Who do you think would actually benefit from this? And I'm happy to I'm happy to go first. IBM. <laughs> I mean, the okay, guy so at IBM who, who wrote this probably got paid for it. 
Who? Okay, so who? <laughs> I, I, actually, I think it was an intern's weekend project, but that's still got paid for the whole. <laughs> Um, so who I think could benefit from this? I think that this, this guide, when it's actually finished, and that's another point that we'll come to a bit later, mm. I do think that this could be useful for someone that is like literally just getting into IT or just wants to understand some of the some of the basic concepts of like they they hear cloud and they've got no idea what it means apart from they keep being told that everything's moving to the cloud and they look out the windows and they're like i don't see anything moving to my clouds out there um <laughs> well, <pixels> went up, so, <laughs> so I, also I, down again. Too bad. I think there is a place what goes up must come down um uh, i think there is a place for this but i don't think that this is useful for developers I, I cannot imagine i cannot imagine anyone that would call themselves a developer <laughs> would think that this is useful or valuable now we are commenting on or criticizing i think criticizing is probably fair mm. a something that is incomplete and i that is like that that is what it is like they they have chosen to release this in its current state in its current incomplete state so we're judging it based on what we see like could this become something incredibly useful valuable educational in the future like yes the potential is there the idea is good no yon is shaking his head yon says no no, because the whole guide is schizophrenic in, in nature. Because they say comprehensive, and you say it will be good as an introduction. <clears throat> that doesn't gel. If you look at the pages in a minute here, you'll see it's mostly a summarizing of all of a bunch of projects that might be useful without any context or whatever given. So it might be useful as a, a reference guide of projects which needs mm. to be maintained, and it's not going to be maintained, so it's going to be ho horrible for that as well. But you say it's incomplete. Now, if this was a guide that already had like 30, 40, 50 pages and there's some stuff missing because it's open source, it's ever evolving, I would say, yeah, this is a good start. They'll, looks like they're going to put some serious effort in there. And I would agree this is something that might be good. Look at what we have. The pages, the index, the layout seems final. And mm. what's in there is very... I mean, we can just look at a page to, 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 to just... Yeah, I mean, just take an example here. Let's go to the, the last one, the databases. Um, this is it. it. It's a summarization list, and that's it. Now, this one is one of the better pages because it doesn't have any TBDs in there. Because if you look at one page earlier for the containers, we have solution sketch, TBD, limitation, TBD. And this is a page not even having more than three paragraphs. This yeah. does not indicate to me that they actually want to put effort in it to make this something valuable. This looks to me as a website where an IBM sales rep can point a potential customer to, yes, we're open source. Look, we have a, have a guide out there. You can click on it, knowing sure, full well that the person he's talking to is never going to click on the link anyway because it's not the technical person he's talking to at that point. It's purely, at this point, for me, a marketing tool and a very bad one at that. Because if you look at it, it really falls through. I, I don't... Uh, so I agree with the first part of that, but I don't agree that it's a sales tool. I don't agree that it's a marketing tool. It's not a good I one, definitely. But I think that's how they're going to use it. 
I don't see any other use for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, but I don't see how you would use this as much. It's there first of a white paper. I don't know. Like, I mean, like, if you look at the um, at the GitHub link for it, there are literally three issues. One of which is adding a add a diagram. Second one is add a section for CI/CD. <laughs> Another one is add a guide for serverless. And there's and those of those age from between 21 days to 18 days and there's a single pr of someone suggesting that they should add uh, a bunch of the aws offerings in the database okay. page that's been open for 18 hours i'm gonna say you're not being fair because they just announced this they just published this you need to give it a bit of time to get any traction if any traction is going to happen that being said, I mean, if I'm a developer, I'm looking at this, I don't feel compelled to add my time, resources, knowledge to it because I don't see it as something that's viable. Well, you say it's only, so yeah, the, the news the news got announced like earlier on this week, basically 26th, I think it was around that sort of date, 26th of October. So yes, but then even from what we've looked at, there is a huge amount of stuff that is missing in that, and even that's not reflected in the in the in the current sort of issues. So, like I, they just started this, and with a very very narrow scope. And I mean, if they had launched this with a press release saying we're going to try to build something, and it's beginning now, and we can't do it on our own, we're going to be open source the community, so please let us help help us build this. And of this help us build this messaging mm. is in their press releases, so that's fine. But when I read their blog, it's we have a guide, please help us make it better. But we already have a guide that should be useful, and that's yep. plain horrible. And as you said, none of the other reporting on it hints at that they're all looking at this oh ibm made something beautiful go look at it because we didn't paraphrase yeah <laughs> well i mean they can't have done like they, they i mean maybe they did and they just didn't care is the other uh, thing maybe they didn't want to say something bad about ibm because ibm still has a name and if ibm does something then it must be good so you can't say something bad about it we'll we'll soon see if ibm blackballs the podcast not that we yeah, notice I'm, in any I'm way sure, but... <laughs> i'm sure we will feel that burn all right well let's let's like there are five guides within the, oh, the framework pages. at the moment okay <laughs> fair um ai apis big data containers and databases uh See, i think it's, no red yeah i think it's fair to say well this is old school ibm isn't it um i think it's fair to say that the ai one is one of the more complete um yeah but it does it has no content i mean the first part here uh, this is i mean if you don't know this this doesn't help either because when developing AI-powered services, you will need to consider the following. Data selection, data pre-processing, visualization, model development, model deployment. I know. I know. But what if, I'm, if I don't what know anything things? about this, what does that mean? If yeah. they were trying to introduce some terminology, I would expect the words feature in there. Mm. They don't use that. And then they go into it, things like overfitting and underfitting without even explaining what the model how, Help! Yeah, <laughs> Save me from this. I know, this. I know. <laughs> I think I think if it had stopped at the image right at the top, like deep learning, machine learning, AI, 
which actually I'm not even sure I agree with that. Uh, I disagree with it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Um, then, yeah, it's all wrong, basically. I mean, so... What I think is they started with the idea, let's make just a summary of all projects. So people, developers know yeah. that if I'm doing something in machine learning, these are the, the is the menu, the card. This is the, the smorgasbord of stuff I can potentially look at. That yeah. being said, the description is not valuable enough, not informative enough to be able to say it's interesting because if you look at things like, oh, these are the data sets. Okay, the data sets kind of useful, but in that case, just point them to Kaggle and be done with it while you have your mm -hmm. own list of it. Then Pandas, a fast, powerful, flexible, and easy-to-use open-source data analysis manipulation tool built on Python. This is a new language, by the way, the new language called Python. Oh, God. Uh, you didn't see that one. Okay, that's yeah. one of the first ones I saw there. Uh, by the way, they have both Python and Python, so apparently two languages. But again, this does not say anything. This does not tell me as a developer what I can do with the thing. Yep. It doesn't help. And maybe when they saw this, okay, this list is good, but it's not really helpful. Let's add some terminology guiding on top of it. Let's write something in half an hour and put something. This, oh my God. I expected so much more of you guys, and especially with the Red Hat connection, because you can't deny the fact that Red Hat is in IBM and should be giving IBM a very big open source boost. IBM mm. is already good in open source. They should only accelerate this. Red Hat people would, for me, be the ideal people to write this guide, not the old guard of IBM, as good as mm. some people there may be potentially, but I don't see any flavoring of Red Hat in here at all. Not, I'm not, yeah. not expecting links to Red Hat or Fedora, not that, but just the way Red Hats talk is different than the way IBMs talk. If I can say mm. that, there is a different culture there. This reads as IBM, and in that case, I would expect a fully thought out enterprise ready white paper kind of thing yep and this i don't know reeks of desperation <laughs> i don't know well i mean if, if we want to if we want to talk about desperation like let's let's uh let's skip the apis um page uh and let's go to either the big data or the containers page uh, let's go to our roots big data because actually I, I, when i read that page i was right back at hortonworks five six seven eight years ago yeah so here we are uh oh my word it just it's a scan all right so the first the first heading and sentence is fine and apart from that onwards <laughs> it's pretty awful um you know there's there's sections i almost expected you see where it says limitations and then it's just got tbd because they haven't put any bullets there yeah, but hadoop I is very new right this isn't out for a while it hasn't naturally <laughs> learned I was kind of expecting one of those. Do you remember in the like, uh, like late late nineties, early two thousands, you'd see all these websites, like people's personal websites and blogs, and even company websites that would have the little yellow triangle sign, the little animated GIF of the bloke digging, and it'd be like under construction, <laughs> sort of. Um, <laughs> yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, I was expecting that really. But, you know, key open source projects in big data are apparently Spark, Kafka, and Flink. That's all there is. That's all there is to it. Nothing else in big data. Yeah. I mean, what else is there? Uh, and then... And then you have a blog, a video, and a tutorial based on AWS. This is comprehensive, right? This is everything you ever want to know about, but we're afraid to ask. <laughs> <laughs> I 
second bullet we mentioned, the cloud agnostic agnosticity. <coughs> I invented that word today. You can pay me royalties from now on. Um, this is what I have on every page as well, being a comparison between different clouds, which is reasonable, although mm -hmm. this does not compare the open source projects on the different clouds. It just tells them what the what the cloud managed service is for, in this case, uh, big data, which I guess is okay-ish. That being said, HD Insight is not really something I would start to use today. There's better ways of doing that these days yeah it's not really just managed spark but anyway yeah and also cloud the the operator cloud that's that's a new one i haven't heard of that one yet so that's a fun one i'm assuming this is the uh kubernetes uh operator uh, yeah spark kubernetes. on kubernetes yeah. Uh, yeah exactly so kind of weird to have this in there but what did kind of strike me is the ordering of the uh, names here because typically for these kind of publications when i do something like this when i write, write emails to customers or, or colleagues and i have to mention a number of clouds i always think okay in which order i'm going to put these and i'm kind of looking at do i want to send a message through this or do i want to make sure i don't offend anybody through this and depending on that typically i just mingle bunch them around without any kind of re rhyme or reason to make sure nobody can make any benefit of it now in this case they put ibm cloud first okay being Fine. cloud agnostic well they said they were going to be cloud agnostic and then they put their first their own cloud first uh, <laughs> i mean you can't have both i mean i totally expect you guys yeah, to yeah. if you write this you're going to make some publicity for yourself i mean when we have guests on the show we're totally okay that they kind of plug the stuff a little bit as well that's fine but then don't say you're going to be cloud agnostic leaving that one out of it i don't see what the ordering is here gcp aws and then azure it's not alphabetical it's not anti-alphabetical it's I mean, maybe they they just did your trick maybe they just listed at random um in that case they would have a different ordering on every page and they don't have the same ordering on every page no no they, they picked one random ordering and they use it everywhere i don't think this is random <laughs> as i mentioned before we saw the recording my hint my and i don't know this right but my guess is this is in order of uh threat because I think IBM Cloud doesn't see GCP as a big threat because GCP is small. Well, they're a little bigger than IBM Cloud, but still, compared to the other clouds, they're pretty small. They're pretty, I'm going to say niche, but don't misunderstand me. They're good at what they do, but you need to have a certain company culture to be able to work well with Google Cloud. And when you have that, it's a great way of working. Again, mm -hmm. nothing against Google Cloud, but it's definitely not the biggest threat to IBM. AWS and Azure are definitely bigger than that. And in that case, I... I think it's interesting to see that they see Azure as a bigger threat by putting them further away from, they probably won't read that far anyway. People have no attention span anymore. And this is something, when I talk to colleagues, nobody agrees with me. Well, some, some people agree with me, but I do think Azure at the moment is, a, is the bigger threat uh, across, the Google, uh, the, across the clouds out there. Because AWS hasn't changed that much. They've got a big volume. They've been there as the first one to get that first adopters uh, advantage. Mm they are very well entrenched and that makes them big no denying that they're huge but if you look at how the world is changing in the public clouds for me azure at the moment is doing better than the other ones and in that case that would kind of yeah agree with my assumption that this is in order of what ibm perceives as a threat mm. all right well let's we're running a little bit long on what is a relatively empty story so let's just click <laughs> on containers for one last little chuckle before we wrap do this I have up to? <clears throat> we do so containers <laughs> apparently the solution sketch is to be determined the limitations are also 
to be determined. And beyond that, there's there's so much TBD stuff here. Like on the cloud comparisons, in terms of versions, in terms of container registries. <laughs> oh my <laughs> word. <clears throat> I just for people not watching the video, you should by the way. The little cloud comparison, he actually has TBD under a, a number of uh, cloud providers for certain things. Like the versions yeah. that they are running are TBD. TBD. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't take more than just connect to the cloud and look at the documentation. This is... I know. I know. So I think we have, at this point, uh, beaten this dead horse uh, into the ground and then carried on, carried on beating. I mean, when I, when I got the link from you, I expected so much more from IBM. You're, IBM, yeah. you're better than this. You can do better than this. Yep. Pretty disappointing. Uh, I think we both hope that maybe this will uh, this will evolve into something useful. Jon very much doubts it. Yeah. Like, this is dead before it starts. Yeah, I, you're probably right. I, I think you were right. It, it was an intern that just had a, a, a two months job and had to make something for a school end paper or something. And he built this and yeah, good work. I mean, if, you, if you're totally new to this and you had a couple of months to build this and yeah, you need to do a lot of research to find this all together. But come on, IBM. Now it does of course not fall under an IBM URL, right? This is the open-cloud-guide.dev. True. And I'm not seeing True. much IBM things at all. But it's uh, got here. 70, you know, 70 contributors. Sorry, seven contributors, I should <laughs> I <thought> say. So. <laughs> um, all of which have, you know, IBM featured very well at least most of them have ibm featured very prominently in their github information so ibm cto there's uh, ibm developer advocate uh there's a i don't know what a de is but um, some other could this IBM. be a kind of ibm community effort we need to show the world that we're open source and let's build this I don't know. I don't know. But I think it's fair to say that uh, this has fallen short of the mark. Unless you have any any further beating of this uh, of this particular thing, uh, I think... I, I uh, want to do a recap of the whole guide for you. Thank <laughs> well, that won't take very long. Uh, and on that note... <laughs> on that note, that really is... <laughs> all the time we have for today you owe it to yourself to just go and check the youtube for that um yeah you can support this podcast by becoming a patreon every contribution helps we're on youtube you can like subscribe see a variety of uh under construction animated gifs and all the youtube things please go to www.roaringelephant.org for a link to our patreon page and for more information about this podcast you can follow us on twitter using the at roaring elephant tag and you can even send your feedback about how wrong we were about this glorious publication oh, yes, to podcast at roaringelephant.org. Jon would love to read that feedback. <laughs> Until next time, my name is uh, working on the website, Dave. And my name is uh, TBD.
<laughs> we look forward to talking to you again next week. Goodbye. See you then. Bye.